Good morning. Good morning. My name is Jeff. I'd like to welcome you to Embrace. Are y'all ready to bless the Lord? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. Say amen. All right. But in the meantime, enjoy the church service, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor John and our worship. All right. Thank you, Jeff. It's it's been a while since uh, Jeff's been able to do that. You haven't lost your touch. Uh, you still have it. Don't worry. You still have it. Well, it is really good to be together today. Um, as Jeff said, my name's John. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. A couple of quick things before we start. Um, we do have connect cards in our pews. I always love when you fill those out, um, particularly if you're visiting um, or maybe you haven't been here in a while. Um, or if you have prayer requests or you want to meet with the pastor, there's all sorts of things you can fill out on there. If you fill out a Connect card, you can put it in one of the boxes by the doors. There's one over here and there's one in the back. Just fold it up and stick it in there. It'll get to the right spot. Also, if you'd like to give financially to support our church, then um, we, we greatly appreciate that. We can't do what we do without your all's generosity. Um, you can give online on our website, EmbraceYourCity.com, or you can give in those boxes as well. Um, we have a stream of the service in our cafe and on Facebook, and so if you're here this morning in person then, um, and you need to step out for any reason, you can go straight through these doors right back to the cafe, and it'll be on the TV in there, and so you can also stay in touch with the service if you need to step out for any reason, then you can watch it in there. And then I'll also encourage you to read through the announcement handout. There's a couple of extra things on the tables when you came in. Um, I really encourage you to pick up those and make sure you read through everything for this morning. I'm going to highlight a couple of announcements um, as more people come in later on. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to our worship team, and Laban is going to get us started with our call to worship. Thanks, John. Good morning, everyone. I invite you to stand. Let's join in a call to worship to prepare ourselves for, uh, for worshiping the Lord this morning, lifting up some praise. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, and early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Sing that again, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, 
Nothing is able to separate us from the love of God 
in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, we're going to have our gratitude and lament time now. So turn to a neighbor and share something from your life. It could be a gratitude or a lament or something else from your life. We'll continue our worship time in a few minutes.
All right, I invite you to stand with us as we continue our worship time together. Let's open up a heart of gratitude for what Jesus has done in our life and what he continues to do walking with us. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. your life 
Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Holy, 
a seat. Before I dismiss the kids um, to their time of learning in the Wonder Room, I want to share a couple of quick announcements so that everybody hears them. The first one I want to mention is that Common Good, our partner nonprofit that's in the basement here at Embrace, um, is doing their annual Christmas store um, coming up this holiday season. And so now is the time that we need partners, uh, folks, to take Christmas list who can go and buy the items on the list so that the parents can come and shop in the Christmas store um, and buy these items for their children at um, reduced prices that are much more affordable for them. And so this, this model um, that we do, it's a little different than, than some of the others you've seen out there. Um, instead of someone just delivering gifts to somebody's home, the parents actually are empowered to come and and pick out the gifts for their kids and be a part of that process. Pick them out, help wrap them, and be able to provide those gifts for their children during Christmas time. 
Um, I've found that some of the other models, which are great, sometimes they can be a little disempowering to parents. And so Common Good has this really awesome way that they do this where um, you all help buy those gifts, but then the parents can go shop for highly reduced prices in the store. And so um, that's going to be coming up uh, here soon, and there are some ways that you can be involved. And so there are sheets um, on the welcome tables. I encourage you to go grab one of those. Um, one of the biggest needs is that you can um, request a wish list. And so Embrace has been tasked with um, having a few lists that we're going to sponsor, and so um, which every year we're able to do that because of you all. So if you're able to take a list and buy the items on that list, that would be great. You can also volunteer to wrap paper and you, or wrap gifts with the wrapping paper, and then you can also volunteer to help decorate. And so those uh, things are on there, so reach out to... Uh, can reach out to really any of us, and we can point you in the right direction. But if you want a list, then you can reach out to Rachel about that. Um, and if you have questions about the um, Christmas store, other questions, then Brenda Venegas is in charge of that, and her phone number is in the announcement sheet. So if you have any questions, you can talk to me as well, and I'll point you in the right direction. The next thing that I want to mention is coming up this week, and I'm really, really excited about this. We're going to have a night of worship and prayer here at our church um, this coming Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. So it'll be right here in the sanctuary. It's going to be a pretty simple time of just gathering together and singing, um, praying, hearing Scripture. And so I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to help lead this with Laban and Camry. The three of us are going to get together and, and lead the music portion of this. And we're just really excited to offer that gift to the church um, and all of us be able to come together and just worship God through music and singing. And so if you'd like to come, it's going to be at 7 on Thursday night, um, I'd love for you to be here. If you got to work, uh, see if you can get off and come on out um, and be with us. I think it'll be a really meaningful time, and hopefully we can experience some uh, peace uh, as we gather together. So the, that's all the announcements I have for now. Um, so I'm going to invite our kids now to uh, have their time of learning in the Wonder Room. And so if you're a child four years old through fifth grade, then you're invited to come over here. Let's give our kids a hand as they come up front. If you are a parent of a child um, and you have come for the first time this morning and you want your child to participate, then they are more than welcome to. I just ask that you walk up with them this morning and that you can walk with them upstairs and make sure they have the correct forms filled out and all that stuff. And so uh, we're so happy for our kids and for all of our awesome volunteers who help make this happen each and every week. We, it looks like we have a really good crew today. So pray for our volunteers. I'm sure they'll have a blast. So we're going to take just a few moments to breathe a little bit, um, to take some time for quiet as we prepare um, to hear a word this morning. And so I'm going to kneel here at the altar. If anybody would like to join me, then you're welcome to come and kneel at the altar with me. We'll give our kids just a moment uh, to get kind of situated and get upstairs, and we'll just take some time just to breathe and settle down our minds and our spirits and our bodies.
God is here with us now, and my prayer is that we can be mindful and aware of God's presence that is moving throughout this space, even living among us, is just as present to us as the air that we breathe, just as sustaining to us as the air that we breathe. Breathe in God's spirit. God is here. Hear these words from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters His voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought to the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God, our creator and sustainer of life, we come to you this morning once again with heavy hearts. We come this morning with lots to lament. and We also come with gratitude and joy. Lord, many of us are suffering and we're battling just the, all the things that this life throws at us. Many of us are experiencing the grief of loss and are holding people that we have lost in our hearts and in our minds and our bodies and and we're feeling that loss deeply this morning. I know some of us in this room have lost loved ones very recently and people who are very near and dear to us. And God, we pray you would be our comfort and our friend as we feel loneliness, as we feel pain as we even feel depression, anxieties, that you would be our friend, that you would be the one who holds us. You would be the one that holds us when we fall and is there for us. I know many of us come this morning with lots of anger deep within our soul, with even rage inside of us because we see so much hurting so much suffering around us and we're just sick and tired of it and God we want to see change 
And God, we pray, Lord, that you would act, that you would do something. That you would bring peace, that you would bring justice right here into our own community in Lexington, but then all across our world, Lord, as people are facing unspeakable tragedy and violence and suffering. Lord, we continue to pray for all the precious people who are trapped in Gaza as they experience increasing bombardment and violence and suffering and death. Lord, we don't even know what to ask for. God, we bring our, our anger and our sadness and our grief and our feelings of being overwhelmed and, and paralyzed with fear, God, and, and not knowing what to do. We bring all that to your feet today. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet us in this moment. But more importantly, we pray you would meet those who are suffering, that you are suffering all across our world, Lord, that you would meet them and that you would be with them in the midst of it. Lord, I know many of us bring today many doubts. A lot of us have been praying for peace. We've been praying for the violence and the suffering and the bombings and all the things to relent, yet they do not relent. Many of us have been praying for loved ones to be healed of sickness and they are not healed. Many of us have been praying, Lord, for the violence to stop right in our own neighborhood and it does not stop, it only increases. Many of us have been praying for the effects of poverty and all the things that we're facing to, to relent and to improve. And Lord, we see things only getting worse. And God, we struggle and we doubt and we wonder where you are in the midst of all this. We wonder if you hear our prayers and we wonder if you are there. And God, I pray that you would help us to hear something from you this morning that those who are doubting would hear maybe a word of assurance from you today, that we would be reminded, Lord, that you are present in some way, even if it doesn't make much sense to us. God, you are so mysterious and you are so big, and, and yet, God, you, you're close, but you seem so far sometimes. And we're trying to make sense of it, Lord, and I just pray you would meet us here this morning. And that, God, we, our faith maybe could increase some as we gather together, as we sing songs over one another, as we pray over one another, as we lift one another up, Lord. We pray, God, that we could hold each other in the midst of our challenges that we are facing. And, God, even in the midst of challenges and suffering and doubts and pain and grief, we also come, Lord, with gratitude and celebration in our hearts for the new life that we're experiencing among us, these new babies that continue to be born in our community, these young children that we see that are so full of life and love and joy, that are teaching us every single day on how to, to live here in this world, how to dance in the midst of darkness. God, we can celebrate and we can be grateful for the new life that's being born among us, even as we lament and grieve the loss that we experience. Help us, Lord, not to be afraid of the tension Help us not to be afraid of the mystery, but to continue to trust you even in the midst of dark times. Lord, we need you so much, and we pray that you would meet us here now. We now join together and we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for spending just a little bit of time in prayer today. I know my, at least the prayers you hear me pray here have carried a lot of grief and pain lately, and that's because what I'm personally experiencing, and I know many of you all are as well, we go through seasons in life where I think we experience lots of joy, and we also go through seasons when we experience a lot of pain, and I think that's okay. And, and I know that many of you all are as well, and so I want that to be reflective in the prayers that we pray. And you may have heard me pray lately about some doubts, you know, and I just want you all to know that I have my doubts sometimes. And I imagine that many of you are having doubts. I listened to an interview with a Palestinian Christian. He's a pastor, and he um, lives and works in Bethlehem, which is in the West Bank, just right outside of Jerusalem on the other side of the big wall that separates the West Bank from Israel, and he was sharing that his people continue to pray that the violence and the suffering and the oppression would stop, and it does not stop, and he wonders where God is, and he wonders, does God not hear our prayers? Does not God not answer us? And that connected with me because I've prayed for people in my life to be protected from suffering and pain, from death, and, and often they are not protected. And, and we live in this tension where we are called to go to God and bring our petitions and our prayers and our requests, yet often uh, we don't really know if God's listening and we don't know if those answers are there. And I think it's okay to be honest about some of those doubts that we face um, because the whole Bible is full of those doubts. Um, I encourage you to read through the Psalms. Uh, the Psalms are full of people who love God, who are having serious, serious doubts about God and where God is in the midst of suffering. And when we experience tragedy, that is what probably all of us experience. And so I, I just want you all to feel that at Embrace, you have permission to bring your doubts uh, to church with you. You have permission, and I don't need to give you permission from that. I'm saying you have it from the community here because I know what kind of church we have here, um, that you're, you're able to bring those doubts and those things with you to church, um, because this is where we need to bring those. And hopefully the community can help be strength for one another, that we can be faith for one another when we do doubt, that we can be joy to one another when we're experiencing suffering, uh, that we can be um, help the gratitude and the joy to spread like um, among the group when, when we're experiencing uh, communal tragedies and pain that we go through. And so... Uh, yeah, that's just uh, it's where my heart is this morning, and I just wanted to share that with you. So thank you for being the type of church where we can bring those types of things with us. This morning, we're going to read a parable of Jesus that is found in Matthew 25. And I'm just going to warn you, this is the first of three parables that we're going to look at over the next three Sundays. Um, Matthew ends, right, you know, the passion narrative is about to start in Matthew, but before that, Jesus tells three parables kind of at the end of his teachings. And, and these three parables are, are pretty interesting, and, and they're going to get into some interesting stuff, and they're a little bit challenging. So Jesus often taught in parables. We've talked about parables here at Embrace many times. Parables are, it's a funny word, but they basically are stories. And they're stories with intent. They're stories that are meant to communicate some deep truth 
or meaning um, about God, about ourselves, about the world. They're really stories that are help that are meant to help us learn and grow. Y'all may have had good teachers in your life that told a lot of stories, and it's because like good teachers know that stories stick with us and stories can communicate deep truth and meaning just through telling a story. Parables are meant to help us uh, learn and grow, but they're also meant to provoke us. They're meant to uh, wake us up. Um, so those of us that are kind of like sleeping through life, parables are supposed to rouse us a little bit and help us to kind of perk up a little bit and pay attention to what's going on around us. Jesus often told stories that maybe to our ears today don't sound as provoking because we're not living in their culture, but many of the stories were the kind of stories you would hear and be like, oh, that's an interesting story, and it would make you perk up a little bit. And so these stories, I, I don't believe these parables are meant to teach necessarily doctrine. They're not like theological treatises. They're stories with deep meaning and truth in them. But they aren't meant to teach us all the ins and outs of church doctrine and Christianity. Over the next three Sundays, we're going to deal with three parables that are a little bit scary, just to warn you. Um, They're certainly provoking. They deal with judgment, end times. They deal with Christ's return. And there's been a lot of movies and books and things written about this kind of stuff. And I'm just going to tell you now, we're going to try to focus on the big picture. All right, we're, not, we're going to try not to get too lost in all the finer details of the stories. Many people have tried to develop like a doctrine of the end times through these parables, these ones that we're reading today, and I don't think that's very wise because I'm not sure that's what Jesus was trying to do. Jesus was trying to tell stories, in my opinion, that were meant to cause us to think and to ask questions about ourselves and about the world and really provoke us to living differently in this world, all right? And all three of these parables, I think, deal with this question. And we ask this question at Embrace a lot. What do we do in the meantime? What do we do in the meantime? While we wait, what are we supposed to do? We all have to wait on so many things in life. What do we do while we're waiting? I'm constantly having to tell Kai, he's almost two, to wait, to be patient, because he doesn't like to wait. And, and none of us like to wait. So what do we do while we have to wait? And specifically, these parables are getting into this concept of like, what do we do while we wait for Jesus to return? Christ ascended into heaven, and he promised he was going to come back. And these parables really speak to the idea of what do we do while we wait for Jesus to return? Matthew, the writer of this gospel, was living in a very volatile time. Jesus had ascended into heaven, and Matthew and all the other Christians were waiting for Jesus to return. Many of them thought Jesus was going to return within their lifetime. And so they were trying to ask questions, what do we do now while we're waiting for Jesus to come back? And so he remembered some of these stories Jesus told as Jesus was in many ways foreshadowing what was coming And use these stories of Jesus to help communicate to his people, like, what do we do while we're waiting for Jesus? We're experiencing all this craziness and chaos and suffering and violence. Our city is being destroyed. What do we do while we wait for Jesus to return? And so I'll keep that in mind as we read through these. I'm going to read from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven 
will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Other translations say ten bridesmaids. So think of our modern idea of bridesmaids. These virgins are women who are there to support uh, the bride and be there to support them and celebrate them. So at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So I want to read the, first line, or the last line of that parable one more time. It said, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Keep watch. Keep watch. I want to talk about this idea today. What does it mean to keep watch? Since Jesus told stories, um, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories this morning that I think um, will help you maybe understand a little bit more of what Jesus means when he says, keep watch. So a few years ago, my wife and I, we took a trip to the Pacific Northwest. Um, it is beautiful out there. Yes, thank you. Um, we were in British Columbia, we were in Washington State, and we were also in Oregon. And one day in Oregon, we drove out to the coast. Um, the Oregon coast is some of the most beautiful uh, places you can go to in the, in the U.S., in my opinion. So beautiful. We were so excited to go to the coast and see the beach. And we had dinner at a seafood restaurant there. And we were going to go watch the sunset, but we ate dinner first, and then we were going to head out to the beach. And so we went to the seafood restaurant in a small town overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It was gorgeous. We were so excited. Laura had never seen the Pacific Ocean before, and we were excited to be there. It was incredible, and we were hungry, and we're ready to eat. And so we arrived at the restaurant, and they took us to our seat pretty quickly. However, I'll tell you, nothing else happened quickly um, during our time at that restaurant. Our waiter uh, took forever to show up. If y'all have ever eaten out, y'all probably have this experience. Didn't even show up to take our order, no drinks, nothing. It took like 20 minutes for us to finally connect with a waiter who was there uh, to take our order. We actually had to get up um, and go find him and other people to try to get our refills and our drinks, you know, um, which is not what you want to have to do at a nice seafood restaurant. Uh, it wasn't cheap. As you know, seafood, I've learned, is quite expensive. Uh, he would speed past our table um, and not even look in our direction. And so he'd be right there. We're like, hey, hey, hey. And he just kept on going. I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, where are you at, man? We ordered our food finally. 
And then we proceeded to wait over an hour for any food to come to our table. In the meantime, our waiter was nowhere to be found. He didn't check on us. He didn't apologize. He was missing in action. He was MIA. Now, the problem seemed to be uh, in the kitchen. Other customers were coming to the front to ask where their food was as well. It was not just us. Laura and I actually had a perfect seat. We could see right into the kitchen, and we could see all the drama that was taking place back there. It was complete madness. It was chaos. Um, I I just watched this show on Hulu called The Bear. It's an amazing show. Um, But it's like kitchens can be chaotic and crazy, and this kitchen had a lot of chaos and a lot of dysfunction, clearly. We could see everything that was going on. The cooks were running around. They were throwing stuff. They were cursing. They were screaming at one another. Um, At one point, one of the cooks just stormed out of the kitchen and screamed at the top of his lungs in the restaurant. And and then I saw him come back in, and he said, sorry, boss, and he got back to work uh, and started working again. I was like, I guess they're quick to forgive there. Um, But all the while, our waiter was nowhere to be found, was ignoring us. And my thinking is the waiter probably was a little embarrassed about what was going on and why it was taking so long and just tried not to show his face. He was not a very good waiter. I would say he's a bad waiter. He did not keep watch very well at all. To this day, my best experience uh, from a waiter happened in Cambodia. Back in 2006, uh, my wife and I um, after we got married and Laura gra- we both had graduated from college, we went to Cambodia for six months and lived and worked there. During our first week in the country, uh, there was a big football game on back here in the States. Texas was playing against USC, and it was the NCAA National Championship game of football. And we wanted to see it. You know, these were, there were some big-time athletes on these teams, and, and we were wanting to see this big game. And so we started watching the game at the house Uh, My parents were living there, too, at their apartment there in Cambodia. Now, one thing to know about Cambodia back in 2006 is they would have regular power outages. And it was kind of strategic because they needed to do this in order to provide power for the whole city. And so, at times, different parts of the city would just lose power, and you just expected it, and you knew it would happen. So, of course, while we're watching the game, power goes out. And I'm like, man, like, we want to see this game. We can't, like, it's not going to pause for us, obviously. And so, we wanted to watch it. And so, we're like, well... We were hungry, and we're like, let's go out and find a restaurant maybe where they're showing the game, and we'll watch the rest of it there. And so we settled on a place called Chit Chat. It was up the street from our house, um, and the thing about Chit Chat was they had a really good Philly cheesesteak, which was uh, random. You know, we're in Cambodia on the other side of the world, very, very far from Philly, uh, but I was excited about a Philly cheesesteak, you know, which is kind of lame. Uh, you know, it's kind of silly when I'm in Cambodia, I'm looking for a Philly cheesesteak, but that's, that's where I was at that moment. Um, watching football, it made sense. So we went up the stairs, we saw the lights were on, we're like, yes, we can watch the game. But when we got up the stairs, we noticed that they were running their lights off of a very small generator um, that was outside so they could keep the restaurant up and going, but they certainly didn't have any TVs on. And so we were bummed, but we stayed there anyway to eat. So the waiter immediately came out to our table, and he took our order. Um, We asked him when he thought the power might come on um, because we were hoping to watch a football game, and he said, I'm not sure. He's like, I'm really, really sorry. I wish I could show you the game. And then he went back into the kitchen. Now, a couple minutes later, he emerged from the kitchen with an extension cord. And he had taken the cord all the way outside, plugged it into the generator, 
And he had drugged this long extension cord into the restaurant, and he had a TV with him, and he plugged in the TV right beside our table and turned on the game so that we could watch it. And I was like, what? Like, you didn't have to do that, you know? Like, you've got limited power, but he's like, no, I want y'all to watch this football game. And he was so excited that we could see it. And, of course, we were excited to watch the game as well. It was a really good game. Vince Young took over that game at the end and and single-handedly took down uh, USC at the end of that football game. It was an awesome game. I still remember it. Yeah, that was, that was the year they won. We got to see the end of it because of this waiter. Uh, for the remainder of our time, the waiter basically just stood over by the corner of the restaurant, and he stood close by, and he just watched over us, ready to help with anything we might need. When our glasses would get low, he would run over, he would fill them up, He saw, if he saw we looked like we needed something, he would run over and check on us. He waited and he watched the entire time we were in that restaurant. He made it his job to take care of us and to look out for us. At times it appeared as if uh, he was doing nothing, right? He was just standing there. But he was actively watching and waiting until we needed him to respond. And for me, that story has stuck with me because as I think the Bible talks a lot about waiting, and keeping watch, um, and staying alert. And the waiter in Cambodia has taught me something about how I believe we're supposed to wait on the Lord, what it means for us to keep watch when we don't know the day or the hour when Christ will return. The good waiter was prepared, prepared, ready to act. Essentially, he was doing his job regardless of the circumstances around him. In our parable for today, Jesus shows us how we ought to wait for him to return. The story is about ten bridesmaids, and their style of weddings is very different from ours, but I think you can understand the gist here. Basically, the, the bridesmaids, they had lanterns, and they were waiting for the, with the bride for the groom to arrive so that this big party could begin. Each bridesmaid had a lantern. Um, some say they were probably more like torches. Uh, Five of them were wise, and they took extra oil with them because they knew that if if it took a while, then they may run out of oil, but the other five did not take any extra oil. Perhaps people told them, you won't need any extra oil. The groom never takes very long. This groom's always on time. But of course, the groom was delayed, as it often happens. Things happen, and he took longer than expected. This happens sometimes. It got late. They were tired, and so the ten girls went to sleep. Now, finally, the groom was on their way. They heard the announcement. The messenger arrived saying, he's coming. It's, it's happening. Finally, the party can get going. And so they woke up, and five of the girls started panicking. They're like, we don't have enough oil, and our r- lamps are running out. And they're like, hey, can you all share your oil with us? But the five who had oil, refused to share because they were thinking, if we give you our oil, all our lamps might run out, and then we're going to be in big trouble, and we'll have no light for this procession and for this party that's about to start. So the foolish bridesmaids, they ran into town to try to buy some extra oil. The story says it was midnight, and so you may wonder, where are they going to find oil at midnight in town? Apparently they found somebody to get some oil from. They come back, and the groom has already arrived. The door's closed, and the party has begun. They try to get into the party, and it says the groom refused and said that he did not know them. And then Jesus says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. 
Five of the bridesmaids, it says, were good waiters. They were prepared. They were ready to act. They did their job as bridesmaids, regardless of how long they had to wait. Five of the bridesmaids were bad waiters. They weren't prepared. They slacked, and they didn't take their job as a bridesmaid seriously enough. Now, the problem wasn't that they went to sleep. Um, It was fine that they went to sleep in this story, but the problem was that they showed up unprepared. They did not bring enough oil with them. I believe to keep watch is to be an active waiter, to be prepared, to work even while we wait, to make sure we are ready when the time comes. I've thought of godly waiting, um, and and it makes me think a lot of pregnancy. Um, We've had a lot of babies that that have been born, and maybe you're still expecting uh, to come here soon. But godly waiting, I believe, is a lot like pregnancy because every expectant mother knows that she has to actively wait for the baby to be born. An expectant mother can't just sit around for nine months without ever thinking about the child who is growing inside of her. The waiting is not passive at all. It is very active. She has lots to do while she waits. It requires preparation, exercise, nutrition, care, prayer, and work. The birth then involves sweat and pain and tears. And I think trying to live in this world as Christians is a lot like pregnancy. We believe, part of our beliefs is that we believe the seed had been planted with Jesus. And now we live with faith that God is up to something, that something is happening, even if we can't always see it. And we wait for God to act like a pregnant mother waits for her child to be born. We work, we prepare, we cry, we ache, we laugh, we make sure we're ready and we're confident when Christ returns. This is what it means to me to keep watch. We stay alert, we do what God has called us to do while we wait. Now, I'm a big uh, NBA basketball fan, and on all NBA teams, Um, There are going to be players on the team who rarely get to actually play. They're on the team. They serve a purpose. They may sit on the bench every single game, but they are there, and their job is important, and many of them are paid very well to just sit on the bench at every game. But they've got to stay in shape. They've got to be mentally prepared. They've got to know the plays. They've got to be actively working on their game because they never know when they might be needed. They may just be an injury or two away from being called in at a crucial moment in the game to come in and contribute in some way. And so they keep watch, and they actively wait, doing their job as a professional basketball player, even though they know they may never, ever see the court. You know, I think about our world right now. We live, and we have been living for a long time, in very uncertain times. Threats and lies and violence and shaky foundations Our world seems to be barely hanging on. And in these uncertain times, our Christian faith teaches us we are waiting for Christ's promises to be fulfilled. And Jesus tells us in the Scriptures that we must keep watch. We must stay alert while we wait. In these dark times, it is all the more important that we do what we have been taught to do. We keep our lamps ready. We keep our light shining, even as we sit in darkness waiting for the party to start. We do what we've been taught. We do our job. 
You know, while we wait for Christ to return, we also have to wait for many other things in our lives. Waiting is just part of life. It is a frustrating part of life at times. We have to wait for so many things, and God doesn't often show up very quickly. We may wait for God to show us that next step we need to take in our lives. Sometimes we call upon God to give us wisdom, and we ask God to show us a path in front of us to help us with life decisions, and He doesn't give us that wisdom very quickly. And I see this parable teaching us to actively wait. We don't have to just sit around and do nothing and passively wait until God tells us what to do. We can live now in the moment and do what Jesus has called us to do each and every day. You know, sometimes, and I get it, I've, I've heard people complain, and this was big when I was younger in college. People, we would always say, I just don't know God's will for my life, you know. And, and people would often complain, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what I ought to be doing. And it often meant that people just sat around and played video games and didn't do anything, you know. Because they're like, I don't know what's next in my life. I just need God to give me an answer. And my, my thinking now is like, we don't need to know all the specifics because we know what God has called us to do. Like the scriptures teach us that we need to be people who work for peace. That we need to love people that we need to stand up for others, that we need to invest in, in young people and, and children. We need to encourage our friends and our family. We need to be faithful spouses. We need to be kind to people. We need to invite people to our church and get involved in our communities and serve. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. You can do these things. You can do these things if you have a job. You can do these things if you're unemployed. There, we can do these things in our circles where we're at each and every day. And the message I'm hearing from Jesus is don't just sit around waiting for what's next. Live now and trust that God will show you that next step in your life. Do your job now. You know, I think about the waiter in Oregon. This was at the seafood restaurant. He had no idea when the kitchen would get it together. And ultimately, it was out of his control. Like, he didn't work back there. He could not help them figure out all their problems and take over that situation. But he did have a job. He could do it. He could have been checking in on us. He could have been talking to us. He could have been creating conversation and making us feel comfortable in that space. He could have kept watch, taken care of all the customers that he was tasked to take care of, and been ready when finally the kitchen worked out their mess and dysfunction and food started coming out. The waiter in Cambodia had no idea when the power would come back on, and that was certainly outside of his control. But he knew how to be a good waiter, and he did what he could, and he took care of us and focused on the things that he actually had control over. Your future may be uncertain. The next step in your life may be very unclear. You may be out of work. You may have fallen on hard times. You may be entering a new phase of your life. You don't know everything, but you, do, you may not know what God's going to do months or years down the road, but we do know something. That Jesus has given us these instructions on how we live our lives. He calls us to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself like we talked about a few weeks ago. And we can do that anywhere, anytime, no matter where we're at. We may not know much at all, and we certainly don't, about when Christ will return or when he's going to set all this suffering and injustice and awfulness right. But we do know what he's called us to do in the meantime. We do know that we have been called to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, And I think if we focus on these things, 
And I think we're going to be moving in the right direction. And so my encourage for us this, encouragement for us this morning is that we would be good waiters, that we would do our jobs as followers of Jesus while we wait. Everything is uncertain. Everything is overwhelming right now. But we can focus in on the things that we can control, the things that we can do. And we can love. We can reach out. I'm not sure where this quote came from. I think it comes from... Um, some Jewish spiritual tradition. Uh, there's some debate out there, but I love it, uh, what it says, and it certainly is faithful to my understanding of God and, and our role as his followers. And I've shared this a few years ago, but I want to share it again. It says, Do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. Love mercy now. Walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work but neither are you free to abandon it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning, and I'm just going to pray a short prayer over this time, and then I'll invite you all to come up. But let's all bow our heads. Jesus, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. We thank you for... The way that you come to us and you reach out to us over and over and over again, even as we wait for God's promises to be fulfilled, Lord, we are grateful that you still show up for us and that you walk with us through the ups and downs of life. And Lord, even as I don't understand the enormity of the problems in our world, I don't understand why we pray and we don't often see answers or hear your voice at times, Lord, I am seeking, Lord, to rest in the fact that you are willing to walk with us and suffer alongside of us. And Lord, we thank you for what happened on the cross and, and all the suffering and pain that you went through and how, Lord, we can cling to that truth that, that you are willing to endure the worst that this world could throw at you. And Lord, I'm trusting that you are still a God who suffers with us and who is there with us in the midst of the brokenness and pain. And so God, we pray we would feel your presence today, that we would feel your strength today, and that Lord, you would help us, Lord, to have the resolve and the courage to continue to be people who pursue peace and justice and love in the ways that we can right now in this moment in which we find ourselves. We pray you pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up today in a fresh way, and that we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. Pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up to the front. Here at Embrace, we take communion by your form. Two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, have your hands open to receive the elements. Your server will rip off a piece of bread for you. They'll dip it in the cup for you, and then they'll place it in your hand. We do have Kleenexes available at the ends if you need those. You're welcome to kneel at the altar and pray if you would like. I would be more, happy, more than happy to sit with you in prayer, pray for you if you need that. Um, but let me get situated, and then I'll invite you up in just a moment.
All right, you are invited to come whenever you feel led. Sing that again. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. All you sleepers. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All you dreamers. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. All believers. Take up your cross. Carry it on. And all that you With life in us, we'll come to life and start breathing. Cause we have seen the hope of your healing rising from my souls. Is the feeling we are drawing close. Your light is shining through. So wake up, wake up, wake up, all you sleepers. Stand up, stand up, stand up, all you dreamers. Hands up, oh, hands up, hands up, all believers. Take up your cross, carry it on. So wake up. Wake up, wake up, all you sleepers, stand up, stand up, stand up, all you dreamers, hands up, hands up, hands up, all believers, take up your cross, carry it are yours not our will 
so much for being here today. Um, before y'all leave, I just remind you that this coming Thursday, we're having our worship, uh, our night of worship and prayer here at the church at 7 o'clock. I would love to see you all here. It should last about an hour, um, so just so y'all can know for planning. Um, also, um, if you are interested in a list for the Christmas store, then please let Rachel know um, about that, and she can get you one of those to you. So prepare your hearts for the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.